How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Here he is. Doug Oster is back. And before we do anything, if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win a gift certificate from Sorgles. So call us now. But before we talk about what he's talking about today, so... This next Pittsburgh thing, I noticed it on Facebook. They were at the Kerry Blast Furnace, and I just love what they've done down there. And I've had Ron Banoff on before on my show. And with the whole U.S. Steel story going on and your connection to Youngstown, I may actually have you join me on the Rick Dayton Show tomorrow to talk about the steel industry, significance of it. But this is all about gardening, what you do. I just literally scrolled by this before you came into the studio today, Doug. It's a Yinzer Backstage Pass. It's your garden you got the coolest garden. <laughs> Listen, the, that garden gnome. It's a disaster. I love it. But let me just ask a couple of questions. That the, Who is this guy, by the way, that hosts So this? it's Bose Frankel. Uh, we've been working for a long time to try and get this done. He wanted to come and do a tour of the garden. And, you know, there were, you know, COVID issues, all sorts of problems. And they finally came. Bose is a great guy, great interviewer, he and is. now they picked him up on PTL. I know he's filling in for uh, some, like Selena and Mikey, who are on maternity leave, and uh, he's a great guy. And it's so funny because he came to look at the garden. We had a blast, you know. They made a video of it, and I was digging through uh, the uh, looking for daffodils. What I was going to order this year, and there's one that. You know, because Bose, B-O-A-Z, is an unusual name, unique. And there's a daffodil called Bose. And so I sent him a message saying, hey, buddy, there's this daffodil named Bose. You should buy some and, and grow it. I mean, why wouldn't you? That's how some things get in the garden, you know, just by a name, something like that. So Some of the things you talked about, why never grow bamboo? It's just you'll never get rid of it, you know. Uh, my story is, I, years and years ago, I did a story on a guy who was growing bamboo. He gave me a little piece, and he said, this is clumping. It's not uh, It's not going to be invasive. Well, it's just been the bane of my existence. It's just, just don't ever do it. I mean, you might think it's a great idea, like you have a spot, like, well, I just need it covered with this. But I just, I really feel bad. I can't get rid of it. Uh, I keep cutting it down. Uh, if you started to get in there and dig, the only way to get rid of it would be excavate the whole place and i feel bad for the next people that are going to be there it's just you have to sometimes when you have something like that you have to kind of turn your head around it and look at the positives and it is a beautiful type of bamboo but i hate it <laughs> something we've never talked about uh you basically are saying goodbye to tulips you say they're deer candy and you're just throwing compost over top of them and growing tomatoes okay so i'm not saying goodbye to tulips i'm okay. saying goodbye to tulips outside the ve vegetable garden gotcha so i'm planting tulips in the vegetable garden where tomatoes will go so what i'm doing there is called no-till gardening 
And so every year I try to change where my tomatoes are going to be, rotate them out. And so they don't, you know, they're not at the same spot every year. And so wherever that bed's going to be this fall, I'll plant tulips. They'll come up, they'll do their thing. They're the vegetable garden. They're great for cutting. You don't have to worry about what it looks like or anything. And so then when they're done, I put the tomatoes in. I don't have to dig because it's no-till. Just throw some compost on top. And then through the years, I've got little patches of tulips all through the vegetable garden that come up on their own. So Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have to have my tulips. I love tulips. And I'm grow- I'm, I want to get this one uh, called Double Shirley this year. Uh, a friend of mine's named Shirley. This is again. This is how things get in the garden. A friend of mine I worked with in, at the Medina County Gazette. Her name's Shirley, and I grow the normal Shirley tulip in kind of honor of her, I guess. But double Shirley, I love double flowers, and it, it's I never knew of it before, and I saw it in a catalog the other day. So I'm going to get some of those and stick them in the garden. And uh, why are there, and then there's golf clubs in your garden. But, <laughs> yeah. but this is, I mean, one man's trash is another person's treasure. And if they get left behind, you go to this place and get these golf clubs. Well, that was a story when I was with the Post-Gazette. A guy called me and he said he worked at this uh, golf club. And when a lost and found, if it was there longer than like a year or something, they just gave up on it. And he took them and he put them in his garden as supports. And so I did a story on it, and I thought it was really cool. Well, he, you know, we really got on, and he came to the garden to take a look. And when he came, he brought all these golf clubs. And so I started using them. Basically, I use them for my peas to grow up, but now I'm using them some. I used a couple of them for pole beans to get started and get up onto something else. And I'm planting peas again. This is the time right now to plant peas, and I'm going to put those golf clubs in. Again, you know, some people look at that, and they're just like, that is the most trashy, ridiculous thing to do in a garden, but I don't care. It's, it's beautiful. It's I for me. It. I love it. Your garden's for you. It's not for anybody else. If you want it to be formal and beautiful, then do it. Uh, I'm too lazy, and and it's just I just like it the way it is, and it's a it's a wild garden. You know, I uh, the stuff does good, but it's just you know, I had actually a, a team of plumbers was working on my house and. Uh, they all wanted to see the garden, and so they're just like, "I can't believe all the stuff you have in here." So, but it's, I'll tell you, it's it's a really it's a work of art. You got to check this out. I just shared it on my Facebook page, but it's next Pittsburgh. I, I I don't know. I found it fascinating. Pretty good stuff. Anyway, you have a question for Doug? You need to call us now eight six six three nine one ten twenty. And Davy Tree, the Davy Tree Company, will be uh, dropping by talking trees as well. Doug. All right, I got a little bit of information here for you. This week's in the garden by Davy Tree video is all about the year of the foxglove, which is actually a year late. <laughs> Last season, I bought all these foxglove seeds. I never got them started. I, I wanted to start these perennial foxglove. Uh, one is a yellow foxglove that I've always longed to grow. And then the other one is called foxy. It's like a mix of foxglove. But again, these aren't the biennial type. These are perenni- true perennials. Uh, I also give a little garden tour uh, in that... Uh, in that video and show off my fig tree and my love of Rose of Sharon. There's a Rose of Sharon. I talk about it all the time. Uh, it's called sugar tip and it doesn't make babies. It's uh, variegated, has double pink flowers. It's really cool. I love it. And then Rob Krulljack from Davy tree shows us how to deal with vines on trees and how to cut, just basically cut the vine at the base. like for poison ivy and things like that. 
One thing that we need to talk about today before we move on is called Blossom End Rot for tomatoes and peppers, and I have been overrun with questions about it. Blossom End Rot is at the bottom of a tomato or a pepper. It just it turns like black or brown and kind of a sunken, rotted little lesion, and that's that's technically a calcium deficiency, but it's a watering issue. And so when we get a lot of water and then not much and a lot of water and not much, that's when we get blossom end rot. We see blossom end rot a lot in containers when they dry out. And so the trick for blossom end rot is the good news is the tomatoes up above that don't have the blossom end rot yet, you can save them by proper watering, by doing a uh, keeping that soil evenly moist. Uh, that's important. That's, that's what makes tomatoes happy. Uh, also, fungal issues on tomatoes. If you're starting to see brown and yellow on the bottom, that's early blight and septoria leaf spot. And you just remove the, at this point, just remove the, the foliage and it'll slow down the, the plant a little bit. But you already have tomatoes on there. You'll be okay. I've seen a lot of Japanese beetles uh, and other chewing insects out there now. The organic control is called Captain Jack's dead bug brew and it is an organic biological control where the chewing pest ingests it it affects its nervous system and then it stops eating and i have a big event coming up it's it's in the future but this is a date to put on your calendar because it's going to be awesome september 17th from 11 to 2 i'll be at han nursery and I, it's my annual help you shop and I love doing this because I don't have there's there's nothing in it for me like I'm I'm I don't get a commission or anything like that I just want to show you some of the cool plants but I've got a bunch of stuff I've got to get rid of get out of my office uh, everybody who comes will get a free brand new gardening book just released gardening book uh and I I judge a gardening uh, book competition and they send 50 books a year, and I got to get them out of my office. And so they're all for you. And then the first five people who come get a free bottle of my favorite deer repellent. It's called Bobex, and the company, the Bobex company, this is not an ad for Bobex. They don't pay me to tell you about it. This is what I use, and they sent me some product. I'm always talking about it. They said, why don't you just give some away? And real quick before the break, plant peas now for your fall harvest and we maybe we'll talk about that when we come back all right we'll take your calls next still to come talking trees with davy trees number is 866-391-1020 doug oster dougoster.com the organic gardener kdka i highly urge you if you have a gardening question to call now because we've got available lines and we got davy tree stopping by you get your tree questions in but you got to reserve that space on the phone line so 866-391-1020 and here's marianne she wants to talk to doug oster on the organic gardener on kdka hi marianne Hi, how are you? Good. Um, Doug, there's a lily in my yard that sends up leaves in the spring, and they're very pretty. They're kind of, if I remember correctly, kind of a bluey green with a rounded um, end. And then they die back completely, and there's nothing. And then all of a sudden in August, the stem shoots up about like two to three feet tall, and these beautiful mauvey pink lily flowers come out. like magic, or- Magic lilies. Magic, thank you. Yeah, those are so cool. I wish I oh. had. I wish I had them in my garden. Uh, okay. Th- they are so cool. And so, are they blooming right now? They're on their way out. You know, when I moved here years ago, I saw some in town, and so I stopped at somebody's house to ask what they were, and they told me. But I 
been years ago, and I forgot what the name was. Yeah, and... that's not the technical name. That's what I always call them, Magic, oh, okay. magic Lilies. But if you look up Magic Lilies, it'll give you all the details okay. on it. Because that's such a cool thing to get uh, that first flush of, you know, yeah. foliage. And then you kind of forget about it. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you've got these nice pink flowers doing their thing at the end of the summer. So it's cool. Yeah, and I wondered when the fly I moved in here in August, and so they came up in August, and I thought, well, how do they do that? They have no leaves. How are they going to feed themselves? <laughs> you know. And then mm -hmm. the next year the leaves came, and then I saw this happen year <laughs> after year. And I was wondering, Doug, are mums out yet in the no, Yeah, yeah, they, they, ju they just got there. And, if you know, we always talk about planting windows. Uh-huh. You know, with this temperatures, these temperatures coming up this week, unless it's cloudy, it's not a great time to plant. And so... I always do advise getting your mums in early, especially if you're you're trying to figure out a way to get them to winter over. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're trying to do that, get them in early. Look for varieties that aren't all flowers, and they're mostly buds. And so okay. there'll be a bunch of them in the nursery, and they'll be next to each other. There'll be one with just all flowers, and, and like people are tempted because it's already flowering. Mm -hmm. But get the one, the same one, next to it with buds. You'll get much more out of it. And okay. it, it's hard to get mums to overwinter because they have pushed them to put all those buds on there. Uh -huh. But the best way to do it is get them in early and then don't cut them back uh, at the end of the season. That's what they tell okay. us to do. Don't cut them back. Cross your fingers. And I guess it would be 50-50. Once they, and, and it has to be a hardy mum. That's the other thing, oh, too. Like a, a lot of times they don't, they're not hardy mums. There's no way they're going to make it back. But. When you're looking around in the nursery, ask them, like, I'm trying to get something to come back. Okay. With a hardy mom, once it does come back, mm -hmm. then it's there forever. Uh, it's oh. a great plant to have in the garden. Oh. And wow, that'd be nice, huh? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we trim them back. But as I remember nowadays, I don't think you have to trim them back the way we used to. Used to I remember uh, Jessica used to say that she worked at a place where they, she had to physically by hand pinch them like twice a year in a greenhouse, and so that's why she hates mums. <laughs> oh, oh, I think they're beautiful. <laughs> oh, I do too. It's just... A color in the fall, right, when the, everything's... Yeah, <laughs> they're short-lived, though, usually. Uh, that's the thing, but you do have to have some mums in the garden. Yeah. Well, great to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right, just a couple of minutes before the break. So if you have a uh, tree question, you want to start lining up now because uh, Davy Tree Talking Tree coming up in a little bit, 866-391-1020. What a gift they are as far as coming down and giving you that first look free as far as what needs to be done, huh? Yeah, I really don't, still don't know how they do that. <laughs> Come for free. And every day I have somebody asking me about certain plants, and I'm like, I guess the number one right now would be boxwood. You know, boxwood came out of winter looking bad. Boxwood has two other things bothering it, at least two others, leaf miners and a boxwood blight. And so somebody has to figure out exactly what the problem is. And most of the time, you got to be you got to be there to look at it. I had somebody send me a picture of a tree and it boy, it looked looked bad and I sent it to my friend Rob Krulljack from Davie. He just sent it back. He goes, "Oh, that's that's eventually going to be hollow." You know, even just looking at the picture, you could tell, you know, it's weak. It's not, you know, it had it had some kind of physical, mechanical injury early in its life, and it's trying to heal up, but it, it can't get there. And I don't remember what they call it, but there's there's a technical term for it. And he says it's just, it's it's not a, you know, it's not a good thing. I think it was a cherry tree, and he's just like, mm, it doesn't look good. 
You know, I love the fact that they do drop by, you know, every other week during the season. So how much more of the tree season are we really looking at when they're in full bloom? Another two months at least? You know, the thing is, for oaks and elms, we go into a season after the leaves are gone. We can't cut the oaks and elms until after that. So we have a long, long season. In in this week's video at DougOster.com, Rob explains that if you have, like, vines on your trees— and they get up into the canopy, like grapevines or something, that's when the problem happens, and they get heavy, and they're going to bring down limbs. I'm lucky to have them over once a week making these videos because he's looking up, and he's like, oh, Doug, we got to take care of that branch over your house. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he goes, and see that one over your shed, the shed you just replaced from another branch falling on it? I said, yeah, insurance won't pay twice, I don't think. And I'm like, <laughs> He's actually coming and, and, like, putting a rope on it or something until all the work can get done, until they can bring a team to do all the work that needs to be done around the house. Well, you're living on the Ponderosa. <laughs> check out I'm living area. in an oak forest, a declining oak forest, which is no fun. It was fun for the first 20 years. It, it has not been fun the last two years. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Hey, remember, if you have a tree question, 866-391-1020. Next hour, it's wings and ribs making you think tailgate time. This football season is upon us on the Coons Cooking Hour. Let's just give a little love, Mr. Oster, to the Janoski family. This pick-your-own weekend thing, they're, they're doing remarkably well with that. And I have a little tease for you. Okay. I'm getting 20 pounds of garlic from the Janoskis for a big giveaway upcoming in October. But th- so. so you have what is called pick-anything-you-want-Doug weekend. That's what it is <laughs> with you. They love you out there. I mean, I know. pick-your-own. I mean, that's awesome. I, I don't know. I'm having a real big summer with tomatoes. It's like every day I'm eating whole tomatoes. I don't know. Maybe Doug is channeling me or something. Anyway, if uh, you are the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020, you will win a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's. 10th caller, 412-922-1020. Let's do it. I am joined by Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And Eric, before you came on, Rob was telling me that he has a spotted lanternfly everywhere on his front porch. And I said, well, all you got to do is just stomp on them. And Rob, what did you say? <laughs> Fred Astaire or Gene Kelly could not stomp enough. I mean, they are ev- I'm everywhere. They're climbing up the gutters, downspouts. They're everywhere. So I know we're going to talk about planting, Eric, but I guess we got to revisit spotted lanternfly. Now they've made it. I did see still, believe it or not, that last instar of the uh, nymph stage, but mostly adults right now. Mostly adults. That's what I've been seeing as well. And yeah, they uh, they are everywhere. You can generally track them if you have a a tree of heaven or a lanthus tree near your your front porch. You'll probably see them just completely clogged up on the you know the trunks there. Yeah, that, I do have a tree of heaven in the back by the pool, and they're everywhere. They're everywhere, and they are hard to stomp on because they are pretty quick jumpers. Uh, Leaf hopper, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, they. The Fred Astaire uh, joke is pretty funny because that's about <laughs> right. You got to tap dance all over them. So, what are you seeing out on properties? Are people freaking out? Yes, mostly. Um, we're having a, a, a lot of uh, calls and a lot of visits for spotted lanternfly. Um, I'll say that generally, I've not. 
personally seen them do a ton of damage to plants and trees that we would want Mm -hmm. to keep healthy in our yard. I mean, the tree of heaven and Atlantis, those are considered invasive species. They should be cut down. If you have one, you shouldn't feel bad about it. Um, So if they're killing those, you know, uh, so what, but you know, our good stuff, they don't seem to be too aggressively attacking um, unless you have a big grape barber or something. Well, I did interview a entomologist from Davy, and he had some interesting things to say about the the spotted lanternfly. In that, the plants that they are feeding off of must have positive pressure to push that whatever that fluid is they want out of the plants. And if it doesn't have positive pressure, they don't have an ability to suck it out. And so I thought yeah. that that was pretty interesting. But I'm just afraid when they get to be like they'd have them over in the eastern part of the state where they just make all that honeydew. It's going to be disgusting. Yes. The disgusting part is um, definitely here, and, and we see that. Uh, the honeydew comes down. You get a lot of that, like, black mildew, you know, powdery mildew kind of growing on top of that. So if it's on your porch or on you know, your patio, your deck, your driveway, everything's going to get sticky and really yeah. gross. Just like when if you have scale insects or, or if aphids are real bad, it kind of has the right. same uh, response. So let's talk a little bit about getting started and thinking about planting. Now, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. When I'm looking at the weather for the next week, when we go into 89, for me, I wouldn't want to plant. I would want to, or unless it's a cloudy day or rains on the way or something like that. Can you get away with planting when it's that hot? Is it okay? I mean, you can. Uh, you're just going to have to, you know, be much more aggressive with watering. And uh, the other problem you could easily have is like a sun scalding issue if it's a very bright, mm-hmm. hot uh, week. And so if you're if you got a, a if you're wanting to plant, but maybe they're protected, they're still in pots, or you got them kind of over by the side of the house, and maybe you give it uh, wait till next week, wait for it to cool off a little bit first. Yeah, I I just felt that this last week we had before with these cool nights was for me perfect planting weather. I was planting all sorts of stuff, but trees and shrubs in general, you love to plant them at the end of the season. I mean, we do plant them all year round, but Fall is is the the time, right? It's my favorite time. I think you get a lot of success with planting. I would say specifically trees, but shrubs as well in the fall because you if you get them in, say in late September, October, they're going to have a month or two of time to start rooting for the roots to grow before the winter really comes. As long as the soil is above forty degrees, the trees and shrubs are going to continue to root into soft soil. So then you've got a little bit of growth going into winter, and then you've got a whole spring to get some more growth on before you hit that hot summer. Um, so you're basically giving yourself a little bit of more time to get your tree and shrub established and healthy before it's got to go, you know, struggle through the summer. Number one mistake that homeowners make that drive you nuts when they plant a tree? I would say digging the hole too small. Uh, you know, it. You should go about one and a half size the uh, ball or, uh, you know, root mm-hmm. uh, mass that you have for whatever you're trying to plant. And then make sure the soil is backfilled. You know, you want to pack it in, but you do want to have it, you know, loose enough so that the roots can uh, grow out of the ball and into the soft soil. And I know you've also said in the past too deep can be a problem too, right? Correct. Yeah. If, if you get a tree too deep, it doesn't, um, because it'll be too 
low in the soil to get oxygen, the roots won't be growing out sideways into stuff. They'll be growing up, and you'll get what's called halo rooting, and those are just not strong enough roots. It can also lead to trunk rot. You can get um, a lot of uh, girdling roots that way in the long run. So, yeah, uh, deep planting's not good either. So first question about when we have our tree in place uh, is water. Uh, what should I be doing with water, and how long should I be watering that tree? Yeah, I think you should do slow and infrequent uh, deep watering. So the best thing, you know, the easiest way is to maybe turn your garden hose on just to trickle and put it there near the base and let it really flood. Um, my other kind of hack is to take a five gallon bucket and drill a hole or two in the bottom of it. You can put it near the base, you fill it up, you let it drain, you move it, fill it up, let it drain. That way you know exactly how much water. Typically you want to put about, um, it's between five to 10 gallons per inch of trunk diameter. And I would do that maybe twice a week. Uh, if it's, it's really hot, maybe you do have to do it about every other day. But uh, short little bursts of water every day is not uh, great for trees. All right. And then how deep into the season am I watering before I completely stop watering on, the, on a newly planted tree? So if you're, like I said, the tree is going to continue to root as long as the temperature of the soil stays above 40 degrees. So you could be watering up until it really starts to freeze. Um, and and that's good because your tree is actually growing. Now, if we're getting rain and it's not quite as hot, you maybe you don't need to water, um, like I said, every other day. Maybe it's really just once a week. You make sure it gets a really good drink. And I guess we got to talk about mulching like we always do. <laughs> Yeah, mulching is really important um, with for fall planting. You know, we, we talk about in spring because you want it to hold moisture, you want to help protect it for the summer. But doing it in the fall, you're also kind of giving it a bit of a blanket for uh, the roots for the winter. Um, and you don't want to, you know, a good two to three inch layer of mulch is absolutely plenty. You don't want to pile it up on the trunk. You want to push it away from that um, what we call the root crown, which is right at that curve where the trunk turns to roots. And usually there's even a little furrow ridge there you can see on some species, and you don't want to go above that. Well, listeners might be tired of hearing about it because we talk about it a lot, and I, I talk about it everywhere, is volcano mulch and how bad it is. And just, you know, like you just explained, should look more like a donut than a volcano and shouldn't touch the bottom of the tree. But everywhere I go, Eric, <laughs> I, I see it, and it drives me nuts. Well, you know, you pay for all that mulch, you got to use it somewhere, right? <laughs> so people just keep piling it higher and higher, and uh, best, it's still better. Make the, make the tree ring wider, not taller. Yeah. That's, that's going to be far better for your tree. And do we fertilize this time of the year or not? Yeah, fertilizing is great. Again, if, you're, if the tree's growing, if it's healthy, uh, even if it's newly planted or if it's been established, it's still bringing in nutrients and it's going to help it get ready uh, for the winter and for dormancy, or if it's an evergreen, you know, just to be healthy through the winter. And then you'll be ready to go for the spring. It'll pop up nice. Uh, before we get to the break, I want to ask you about how trees and shrubs have responded after that brutal winter. Are we seeing things come back in general? I have been seeing things come back. I mean, we also kind of got the one-two punch of a really dry spring, yeah, um, which definitely 
put things maybe a little bit behind or what would have recovered maybe a little faster. Um, I'll say one species uh, uh, like sycamores and London plains, you know, through the, through the city of Pittsburgh here, everyone thinks they're all uh, brown and dying. And it's actually the first crop of leaves that got burned real bad falling off still, but it put, but a lot of uh, species have pushed even second rounds of leaves this summer and are looking just fine. So I've, I've seen a lot of stuff rebound quite nicely. All right, Eric, you hang in there. We'll get you back for the next segment. For And if you have a gardening question uh, about trees, give us a call, 866-391-1020. But for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree, like Eric, at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Gardening questions, including those very important tree questions. Eric is here. It's Davy Tree Talking Tree. We're going to go to your calls in a moment. Chime in, 866-391-1020. All right, Eric Countryman is here, Davy Tree Talking Tree, and, of course, the host, the organic gardener himself, Doug Oster, DougOster.com. And we're going to go to Squirrel Hill. And Donna has got a tree question for today's edition of the Organic Gardener on KDK. Hi, Donna. Oh, hi. Good morning, Doug. Um, and, and good morning, Rob. Uh, yeah, I have these, uh, a, a border of like, they're three foot, about three foot leaf little fir trees. And I've had them for quite a few years. But I think the winter, what happened this winter is that they got their half of them, uh, three of the trees are half brown, you know, like, like they died with the freezing, freezing weather that we had. So I haven't done anything. The people that I have to take care of my yard, they're not really professionals. Do, do I cut that off, or do I pray that it'll rebound? What kind of tree was it again, please? These are small little, I call them little fir trees, you know, like they're a border. I have five of them across my side of my yard. So, Eric, I, Eric is this a, ch- a chance for an arborist to be on site and take a look? I would say that probably the the best option from the sound of it, I think maybe they're called Alberta spruces. They're little dense. Yes, yes. Um, okay. Yeah, little yeah, yeah, spruce looking trees. So, yeah, they can be really susceptible to winter burn. Um, and I would say sometimes they'll kind of you, uh, they'll green back up, and the brown can kind of get sloughed off. The problem with Alberta spruces is you don't actually want to prune them much. Um, they're a hybrid and kind of a mutant plant, and so if you start pruning on them too much, they can revert back to being uh, their native uh, species, which is a white spruce. Mm. And then you'll end up with these weird growth all over them. So probably best to get a professional to get a look at it and see what would be the best way forward. Thank you. Yeah, I always have them kind of trimmed through the year, you know, every season. They're always to keep them in shape. But uh, so it, rather than just cut that off, if, 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 if we shave that off, that would be bad. That would take the tree away. I'm not sure. I mean, that's why it's probably better to, to look at it. And I'm not sure what, if just a tiny little bit on the outside to get the brown off is one thing, but you don't want to cut branches or anything like that. And the other thing is the tree like that is also susceptible to mites, right? So, I mean, it, it could be something else besides winter kill, right? Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, I don't it, know. My, one of my family members said to water it, water it, water it. It didn't do any good with the water. It didn't come back. Yeah, I have somebody come out. Again, that number is 855-982-TREE. 855-982-8733 and have them come out. Like I said, they come out for free, and if they do need to treat it. The, the nice thing, Eric, I think, is about when you guys do go out there, you have a code of ethics. You're not out there to sell by scaring people. Uh, no, that's, uh, there's that no real joy again, in that. Please? What's that number, the phone number? 855-982-TREE. 
Oh, thank you so much. I'll certainly do that. Thank you kindly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The hour hour is getting away from us. Let's try to get another call in here. Here is Cindy and Allison Park uh, on trimming shrubs. Hey, uh, Cindy, how are you? Welcome to KDK. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a cholesterol that kind of got out of hand. So in the spring, I trimmed it, um, but I only took a third off. When can I trim that again? Do I have to wait for a whole season? Can I do it again here in the fall? Is it too late? Is it too late, Eric, to to prune clethra? Um, yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Probably better to wait. And why wouldn't we trim it now? Well, I, th- I think you could affect the growth for next year as well by pruning it now. So wait till the spring again. I, I that would be. I would say that would be probably your better bet. Yeah. Why are you pruning? Is it in the way, or you just don't like the shape? Um, it's in front of another, um, an oak leaf hydrangeas in the back. So it's, it's, you can't see the oak leaf hydrangea well because it's, it's gotten so big and round. How many times, how many times have you heard that story, Eric? (laughs) Yeah, pretty often. (laughs) You know, that would say, give it a really hard haircut in the springtime and then maybe it'll be a little bit more under control for, uh, for next year. What about moving that? Is it, you think it's too big to move? Uh, without Um, seeing it, I don't know, but... (laughs) But yeah, it, but we could because my husband says maybe we put a dwarf one in there. But you know how you have always said a dwarf is only it just grows slower. It's going to get tall as well. So I think um, I'm okay with you know waiting till the spring and doing it again. All right, sounds good. I have a, may I ask a question about boxwoods? Sure, we're running out of time. Real quick, how do I know if it's boxwood leaf miners or boxwood blight? Because there's the the, the some of the half the tree is dead. What do you think, Eric? So boxwood leaf miner, you'd actually be able to take the leaf, split it open, and you'd see a little worm crawling inside of the leaf. Um, it almost looks like a little bump. If it's blight, you really have to have it tested. Um, and if it is blight, there's there's some treatments, but it's it's pretty bad. So there's also all kinds of other things. It could be mites. It could be um, uh, bugs. There's, I mean, there's uh, probably a dozen different things that really attack boxwoods. Yeah, again, so, um, again for, yeah. for any boxwood... And I was on a, a garden consult the other day. You got to have, you got to have it tested or an expert looking at it because boxwoods. It could be a million different things, right, Eric? Correct. Yeah. Well, Eric. Besides that sweet gum. Oh, I'm sorry. Black gum that you love so much. Before I let you go, give me one more tree that we should plant if we have the right place and the right uh, space for it. So I'll say uh, a good one for planting in the fall is a hawthorn. Uh, they're native. Mm-hmm. They have usually they hold their berries in the winter, so you get a little bit of winter interest. The birds love them, and uh, they're great to plant in the fall. Any flowering tree, I, dogwoods, red buds are my favorite to plant in the fall because they're open. They get to establish, and then you get to enjoy the whole flowering season in the spring. Hey, I only asked for one. Yeah, well, you got you got three. <laughs> Eric, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. Appreciate it. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDK. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. I am answering your questions after the show. It will be later on tonight because I'm going to be going to the river. <laughs> Which one? I'm not. I can't tell you what river. Pick three. <laughs> yeah, you pick three, and I'll tell you if, if you pick one. Monongahela, Monongahela, Allegheny. No, Ohio. No. Okay. Beaver River. Nope.
Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Remember, Organic Gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. He's gone fishing. Up next, ribs and wings. It's all coming up on the Coons Cook Hour with Frank Dentici, KDKA. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.